Hello, this is episode 291 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha O'Reilly. So I'm going to record two podcasts together here for the, the first two episodes of season seven, but I'll put them out separately. This has been a big conversation looming for me for a while, and I think it's a conversation that a lot of people have a lot of fear around, if I'm honest. Even when I was writing a teen book, even I was incredibly careful about it. It almost feels like a, a taboo topic that you can't really talk about properly. And this is the idea of picking pronouns. And again, I read another book over Christmas, which really helped to cement a lot of my ideas into place around this and to try to bring you on a bit of a journey. And it goes back to a conversation I had during the summer in rural Ireland and answering a lot of the assumptions and the kind of outdated ideas that don't feel a lot different to me to when we started talking about sexuality. And also I was a bit shocked a few months ago when I went looking at, you know, state-bodied organizations in countries from Canada to America, Sweden, Australia, and they all sort of stated mental health issues, particularly around body dysmorphia. And it felt, it didn't feel a whole lot different, really, to reading about promoting gay conversion, you know, the way that it was presented. I I was quite shocked by it. I was shocked by the idea of how much mental health features when you start talking about transgender. But I've also felt that it's incredibly diluted in how we pick pronouns and that it's a sort of a new form of conformity that's taking place. So I'd like to try and talk through that minefield. For better or worse, I think I remember my journey growing up, probably more than others. Stephen King basically says to be a writer that you just need to be able to remember all of the embarrassments remember all the stories to share. I developed very young. I got my period when I was 10. I was still in primary school. It felt incredibly uncomfortable. I was very sporty. I was involved in canoeing outside of school. It was incredibly difficult to navigate because no one made any allowances for it. I developed breasts very young. That brought a lot of male attention. I have a distinct memory of various people telling me to smile and having a really sort of bad taste to that. But that was discomfort. It was discomfort at attention. It was probably a sense of knowing that I was gay and not really enjoying attention from the opposite sex, but not really understanding that fully at that point. There was a huge amount of jealousy from girls in my class, which I found ridiculous because they all, you know, felt that I I had achieved somewhere that they wanted to be, and I was kind of like, why do you want this? It's like, quite frankly, it's very difficult. It's horrible. I'm not enjoying it every month. It's difficult to navigate in school. It's difficult to navigate with sports. It's difficult to change. It's difficult for sleepovers, you know, all, all the things that you don't consider. And I was brought again in reading Cecily Tyson's biography in back to a conversation I had again a few months ago, in in Ireland and it was around the idea that African origin girls develop quicker than white girls and that it's 
quite normal to get your period younger. And I was, again, I was brought back to those memories in reading Cecily Tyson's words of her experiences as soon as she started to tell the press and the attention that brought her. Also, the complete lack of information she was given around her period and how uncomfortable that was, which is, sounded incredibly like Catholic Ireland, which I didn't grow up in, in, in that role with it. I, in fact, I, and I didn't grow up with pressures around it either, which is the other side of, oh, suddenly you're a woman and you, all these things were expected of you. So none of that happened for me either. But it does make me wonder if one of the, the reasons that so many black women are sexually assaulted as children is because simply they develop quicker. And it's almost like you end up with a flashing target on your head that suddenly you're of interest. And I think I remember feeling that discomfort. So, but that's not what body dysmorphia is. There's just discomfort at how we sexualize children and what you become and the expectations that come with your body developing and the discomforts at developing at a different rate to other people and being different in class and all that brings. Body dysmorphia is about going through all of that and it not fundamentally sitting with the truth of who you are. And that's not a mental illness. It's a disconnect between a deep sense of knowing inside of your truth and a total discomfort at your body changing into something that doesn't match the truth for you. And it's extraordinary what people go through when that starts to happen and they're already going through the teenage pressures and the teenage years and where they fit in and what's happening for them and the embarrassment of locker rooms and sports and they're secretly trying to you know bind their breasts suddenly and change their body and they feel fundamentally at a disconnect every month when they get their period because it, it doesn't sit for them. And so one of the books that I read over Christmas is called The Passing Playbook and I'll put a description. And in the past I've also read another book called The Art of Being Normal. And both of them cover very well the challenges of navigating school and the expectations set for teenagers from prom experiences to soccer teams. But another part that was covered really well in this book was the idea of pricking pronouns, which I've been struggling with for a while. And not just because I'm actually brutal at grammar and I'm not really sure for a long time that I understood what a pronoun was, if I'm really honest. One of somebody that I knew in, in college complained that I personified inanimate objects and made people it. Um, and I do tend to do that a lot. I certainly inanimate you know, objects, you know, and they, they're people to me. I do, I do struggle with remembering to get this right. And ironically, I tend to use more gender-neutral pronouns in writing in order to give an extra layer of privacy and an extra layer of neutrality to things. And that's just a sense of, of the level of privacy that I give and the sort of boundaries I have in what I let people know about others and so on. But asking most people to declare their pronouns for me is a bit like asking a straight person to declare that they're heterosexual. It's really not a big deal. There isn't any fear in it. You're considered to be normal. You're fitting into the parameters that are out there. It's not a journey, it's a conformity. 
for most people to declare their sexuality. And yes, there's a sense you may kind of have an argument that you normalize things by more people declaring their sexuality and being more open. But it doesn't work like that. I will never tell anyone their sexuality and I will never tell anyone their gender because those are very personal journeys of truth that you have to go on and that you have to get to a place where you're comfortable and you feel comfortable. And what this book, the, the Passing Playbook, brings up is that actually to pick your pronouns is a really outing experience. It's, it's, it's a place that you had to get to as a team to really feel comfortable and to be able to declare to everybody what those are. They're actually as big a deal for you to make that declaration as it is for you to declare your sexuality. And I don't think that a lot of people get that. I think it's just this sort of, you know, ad hoc thing that you just chuck out there and it's not a big deal. And it is a big deal. And I'm going to share an article. It's an old article, but I like articles that are easy to read. And it covers a, a lot in it. But it compares this to the, the, the journey of Ms. that not being identified by your marriage status. And it's ironic because doctors great for that. But then I, I tend to get a lot of letters to he as a matter of form from quite big companies. Because I have short hair, I've been called he many times. And I don't care, it just rolls off me. It's not a big deal. I don't really want to sit with the she pronoun because it comes with a set of expectations that never really fitted into, like I've always been a bit of a tomboy. But I'm also incredibly comfortable in being a woman and being in my body and in what it's developed. So I don't feel like being in some neutral space. And so I really just want to travel through the world as Nisha. But I want to recognize that other people have journeys that are different to mine. But what I want you to recognize more than anything is that this is a journey. It's not something that you just pick. It's not just another label or another box or another thing that you tick. There's a lot going on behind this. And there's a lot going on for teenagers at a very difficult time in their life. It is a very exposing, outing experience to pick your pronouns. It is a big deal. It's not just a fad or another thing to do. There's a lot of meaning behind it.